0: Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. It is a, it is a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I bring, I'm on the Board of Trustees at CIU, and uh, so I bring greetings and congratulations to each of you from the board. You're the reason we serve. And uh, to be able to celebrate the graduation of another class to go out into the world is the reason we serve. We're, we're proud of you. We have high expectations of you. But my hope for you is that each of you will run in such a way as to get the prize. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is running in such a way as to get the prize. And I want to tell you a quick little story about a time when I did... Event where I did not run in such a way as to get the prize. It was my senior year in high school. I was a basketball player. I went to a fairly small school, 110 people for a class. And all I did was, once I got to about ninth grade, basketball was my thing. I, I didn't play football. I didn't lift weights even, we didn't do that back then. I didn't run for exercise, I, I played basketball. And in the spring of my senior year, we had a, tr- a track team, quote unquote, that never practiced. Uh, we had the football coach was the, the track coach and, and so he would just recruit people to, to run events, people that played football or baseball or basketball at the track meets and we never practiced literally and the, and so my senior year he asked me to run the uh, the mile race and, and, and I said well I, I play basketball, I can run all day on the basketball court. That that will translate into a mile. Yes, that'll be exciting, I'll do it. And I, I went to the the, the track meet, and it was a three-team track meet in Sumter. i never will forget this. And and i 'm you know i'm you know'm I'm, I'm, you know i 'm confident that this is going to be a good thing and I, but I just want to let you know too i 've never at this point never run a mile for a time a matter of fact i 'm not sure I ever ran a mile we I mean, we ran sprints. literally i 'm not kidding you I, I, we played basketball all day we'd run wind sprints, but we we didn't I never ran two or three miles for exercise in high school never ever and uh so we we get in and we run the race and and, and it starts out, and this guy takes off pretty fast and he's thin and small and and, and he's going fast. And I said, well, I, I, I need to keep up with him. And uh, so I was right behind him. And we, the two of us pulled away. And, and, and when the, the first lap, you know, it's a four-lap race. When the first lap came around, I was right there with him. I was, I was running in a way as to get the prize. And my teammates were, were like, go, Tobin. This is pretty good. And you know what's going to happen here, but you know, you know where this is going. I I won't drag this out. By the the time the second lap was over, I was like, I'm in trouble. This is not working. By the time the third lap was over, I was, you know, I was falling way back and this guy was kicking. And I, I, and this is a true story. I honestly don't remember the, I don't, I don't even, I can't even tell you today if I finished the race or not. I, 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 I literally don't have a memory of it. I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a joke. I, I, I know it was embarrassing. I know I never ran again in a race and, uh. I was not prepared, I, I was not trained, uh, and I did not run in a way to get the, the prize. And, um, but but I, want, I want each of the graduates, if you could, to think a little bit about right now about, about what it would be like to finish strong, to run in such a way as to get the prize. And, and some of you may be going, finish strong, that's what you need to worry about, old man. Um, uh, I'm just getting started. i am just, i am in my early twenties or I know some of you are older than that, obviously, but you know, we're, I don't need to worry about finishing strong. And, and, and I, I just want to make a little, a little t- comments about why I think we all need to think about that. There's a great book written by Steve Farrar called Finishing Strong. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, and the, but the title of the first chapter is called one out of 10, one out of 10. And they share a bunch of stories about why one out of 10 he thinks is right. I can only have time for one, but there's a there's a longtime pastor from the First Baptist of Houston named I hope I pronounce his name right, but John Visagno I'll call it that. And when he was 20 years old and, and uh, fixing to graduate from college, he had a, a meal with his uh, in-laws, who uh, was who's engaged, and his father his father-in-law was a pastor, and his name was Paul Beck. But he said to this to John on his porch after dinner. He said, I'm going to read it to you. John, as you get ready to enter the ministry, I want to give you some advice. Stay true to Jesus. Make sure you keep your heart close to Jesus every day. It's a long way from here to where you're going to, and Satan is in no hurry to get to you. And then he went on to say, it's been my observation that just one out of 10 who start out in full-time service for the Lord at 21 will be on track by the age of 65. They are shot down morally, they are shot down with discouragement, they are shot down with liberal theology, they get obsessed with money-making, but for one reason or another, nine out of ten drop out. Well, Bisagno was, was shocked. He was like turned his world upside down. He couldn't believe it. He, you know, he, he was almost offended by it. And he, and he went home and he, and he got his Bible out, and, and in the front of the Bible there's some blank pages if you've got the leather Bibles, and he, he wrote down 24 names of his fellow classmates that were sold out for Christ. Um, they were, they were, you know, knew they were going to make an impact in their generation for the Lord. And then, and then this is what Basagno said 33 years later. He says, I'm now 53 years old from time to time. As the years have gone by, I've had to turn back to that page in my Bible and cross out a name. I wrote down those 24 names when I was just 20 years of age, 33 years later, there are only three names remaining of the original 24. And the author goes on to make other points, but you get, you get the gist of where he's coming from. Um, it doesn't matter how we start, folks. It's how we finish the race. And so for the rest of our time together, I'm going to look quickly at two passages, that very familiar passages, both of them, that Paul wrote about this particular uh, thought process of finishing strong. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run aimlessly like... uh, they do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So why did Paul write to the church of Corinth in those terms? Why does, why is he talking about, you know, going into strict training and run as if to get the prize and they get to get a crown that will perish. And I know you, you know where the answer, but I'm going to share with you anyway. Um, If we go back in time to 53 AD, to Corinth, Greece, uh, to the shores of the Mediterranean Sea where the famous Isthmian games were, they were held every two years. There's an Isthmian stadium there where thousands from all over the Roman Empire would come every two years to witness this event. There's massive marble blocks, perfectly symmetrical rows. It's like a little Williams-Brice Stadium. There's an emperor's velvet box, line box, filled with the political dignitaries and the rich and the famous. Perfectly manicured track. Statues of past winners line the entrance to the stadium. And every young man's passion is to be one of these gods, to win at the Isthmian Games. The main feature is the, is the five-event pentathlon. They had the long jump, the javelin, discus, wrestling, and a race. The race was the most popular, it was the last event. It was, at the time, it was 600 yards long. They later added the marathon. But this time, it was 600 yards long, one lap around the stadium, the last event. So we're there, we see the runners come up for the last event, it's gonna determine who wins the pentathlon. Um, they're all nervous. And across the infield, there's a pedestal a ladder-like pedestal, and on that pedestal hangs the most coveted prize in all the Roman Empire, the victor's crown. And the victor's crown was a wreath of pine leaves and was given to the winners of the various events at the Isthmian Games. For this they had trained for months and years. You know, they'd given everything. They punished their bodies. Only one would win, they're gonna hold nothing back. So the race starts, and they're off and running 600 yards, and uh, it's too close to tell who finished. You know, it's three people coming across the finish line. That, so the crowd from the stadium can't tell. You know, the, 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 the fans are silent. They look to the BEMA. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, beside the pedestal, there's another, there's another platform with one seat on it, which is where the umpire called the BEMA sits. All the runners report to the BEMA. Okay? So they finish close. This crowd is silent. They look to the BEMA. And there's a sting of regret as the Bema disqualifies one for crossing over into another line. And you see the remorse of the runners who came in, clearly not in first place. But then there's the spectacle event. The winner's name is, is mentioned. He stands before the Bema. The crown is put on his head and the, fa- and the stands go crazy. They chant his name. The applause is deafening. So the one moment of glory makes it worthwhile for the wreath that will literally perish in a few days. These games happen in Corinth every two years. And so he writes to the the people of Corinth, and I'll say it again. Do, not, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize." And so they all, they, they, they got it clearly what he's talking about, okay? And, and so he's saying, like the athlete, I'm going to beat my body. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to run the race as if to get the prize. And, uh, and that's what he said in roughly 55, 56 AD. Let's look at what he said 12 years later when his life was coming to an end, roughly 67 AD. I'm going to read three verses. Very familiar. The first one is where Paul, he's he's about to die. He knows it. He's going to look at his current, present situation. He says this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. He knew his time here on earth was, was almost over, and he was good with it. He was ready to depart and move on. This is the guy who said to live is Christ, to die is gain. But then this next verse He's going to look at the past. He's going to look at his past since his salvation. And he says this He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I love that. There's, There's no regrets. There's no sense of unfulfillment, no sense of anything not completed. Everything God had called him and entrusted him to do and enabled him to do, he had done. And I think about that for a believer, there could be no further satisfaction, no glorious way to end our life than to know we did what God called us to do. And it makes me think of Jesus. It makes me think of Jesus on the cross, right? It is finished. He completed the work that he had been called to do. And so then the next verse comes and and Paul's going to look to the future. Now he's going to look to the future and he says, Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. He has such confidence and joy that he's going to have triumph. Like the champion of the Isthmian game who stands before the Bema and has the the crown of wreath that's put on his head that literally will perish in, in a few days, he knows he's going to stand before the Lord and receive the crown of righteousness that will last forever. Paul knew he was going to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. So I want to be like Paul, and I know you do too. But Steve Farrar asked a very sobering question in his book, Finishing Strong. And I, I, so this is his question, not mine. Don't be offended. He said this, what makes you think, what makes you think, you think, so you're going to be the one out of 10 to finish strong. What makes you think? What makes you think I'm going to be? What, make, what makes me think that? And maybe Farrar's wrong. Maybe it's three out of 10 to finish strong. Maybe it's five out of 10. What makes me think that I'm going to be one of the five out of 10? Because we all think we're going to finish strong. Everybody, in this, everybody here does, right? Um, but we're going to have to be like Paul. We're going to, to be very intentional we can't do like my race. I can't just show up. And we're going to we're gonna have to work at it. We're going to have to work at it. We're going to have to fight the good fight. You know, the word fight there is the word agon, which we get the word agony. I have a, I have a friend named Det Bowers. He preached a sermon one time. He says, we have to agonize the good agony. You know, we have to fight the good fight. We have to agonize the good agony. And that puts a different person. Agonize. We've got, you know, folks... Life is going to, can be hard. And some of you know that well. But when I was twenty-one years old, I know a lot of you are not 21, but when I was 21 year old when I graduated from college, I didn't really know how hard life can be. Jesus tells us, in this world, we're gonna have tribulation. But take hard of overcome the world. But in this world, we're gonna have tribulation. We broke the world. We broke it in the Garden of Eden and we keep doing it. And there's and, and folks, we're gonna there's there's things coming our way. There's it, it, with you personally or people close to you, there's illnesses, there's death, there's divorce, there's, there's addictions, there's, fi- there's relational terrible problems that are going to come in our sphere of influence. There's going to be financial problems. There's going to be lots of tribulation in our lives. And if we're going to finish strong, we're going to have to agonize the good agony. We're going to have to fight the good fight. Paul also reminds us we've got to finish the course. I want to read one more verse to you. He says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Does that not humble you to think that God, before you were ever born, came up with things that you're to do in your life, your specific life? Man, we I want to finish the course. I want to do those things. But I'm going to have to work at it. And then... And then lastly, we got to keep the faith, the deposit of God's teaching that has been entrusted to us. So I'm going to close with two thoughts. Number one, it's not a slam dunk that you and I are going to finish strong. It's not a slam dunk that you and I are going to finish strong. If we think it is, it's it's not to our advantage. We got we to know that we got to fight the good fight. We got to be disciplined and, and be intentional about finishing the course. So that's point number one. It's not a slam dunk. But here's point number two, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe that the Christian education that you've got at CIU, that you, that you and your family invested in, will be a great resource. It will be part of your foundation that will help equip you for the rest of your life and help you to run in such a way as to get the prize. And that is encouraging, and I know it must be encouraging to you. So I will say one more time, congratulations, we are proud of you, and we have high expectations of you. And congratulations, thank you.